Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Money Makes the World Go Round. Wanted to start off by saying I'm sorry for not uh, uploading an episode last week. Um, I honestly didn't really know what to make the episode about. Um, but no more excuses, you know, it's going to be a new year, new me type of thing. Um, 2021 is definitely going to be a, uh, a year that I'm going to aim to not miss a, a single week, um, including with the videos. And then uh, I'm also planning on, on, on creating different uh, type of videos, not, not just the content that I get from the, uh, the podcast itself, but also um, sort of go back to the roots of the entire point of what the podcast was supposed to be about, um, which is sort of... Uh, finance, business, and sort of, you know, kind of going through this journey um, with me in terms of whoever is listening um, and, and invest, investing as well in, terms, in companies that I talk about or, or companies that you're investing yourselves in. Um, I, I'm really going to try to make those videos of different ways to invest because, I mean, there's multiple, multiple ways of investing. And, you know, I have my, my personal ones that I've had that have worked for me, but I also, you know, sometimes my methodology doesn't work. Um, so that I'm myself learning and kind of want to put out that content as well. So we can all learn and we can all grow. And um, that's the entire goal of the podcast from the beginning. That's also my goal for 2021. So I really do hope to to sort of uh, bring that good, con- good content to you guys. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but I kind of to get right into this episode I want to touch base on the companies that I talk about that were IPOing last week or is it two weeks now it might be like two weeks now <laughs> honestly I'm losing track uh, because there was so much talk about different IPOs that I was looking into uh, but it's Airbnb and DoorDash um, they they went public and uh, one of the the podcast that I listen to, which is Robin and Snacks, uh, they call it a, a double double, <laughs> which basically means that the both companies uh, double their price from what they were initially trying to get for for per share, um, and then they doubled from that. Uh, so uh, the way that it kind of works when you are going public for a company, uh, you definitely do go with underwriters or you do direct um, a, a direct listing, but both companies used investment banks to go public so they have a uh, evaluation within themselves that they're trying to aim for and then um investment investment banks sort of double that price and then us retailers and financial institutions uh that also invested into the company then doubled the price on their initial uh, public day offering so definitely was way too rich for my blood um, was not going to spend a, a whole lot of money, especially on companies that um, they're still not profitable. Um, don't really know if they will be profitable, especially Airbnb. I mean, I, I touched base on it, I, I think, on an uh, episode or two already where their S1 talked about where right now they're not profitable. There's a, prob- there's a probability that they won't be profitable uh, for quite some time. Uh, who knows how DoorDash is going to react now that, you know, we have two vaccines coming out. Uh, which is kind of part of the stories that stories that I want to touch based on today. So who knows, you know, um, in terms of how DoorDash is going to work out, um, if they will become profitable, if people will continue to pay for delivery for food. I'm sure there will be because, um, you know, they, they, they're still underlining health issues with a lot of people that even if there is a vaccine, um, People have realized that there is definitely certain different ways that we can go about to stay healthy um, and not sort of always be really clustered up in in restaurants and everything like that. Um, 
and just staying home and sometimes just staying away from people. Uh, but uh, now sort of the, the perfect segue in terms of that, you know, uh, Pfizer got got approved as of last week, started rolling out, I think, on Monday. Um, I think uh, Moderna, Moderna, if I'm uh, pronouncing it correctly, if not, I'm sorry, uh, just just got approved, I believe, Friday. Uh, so they, there's speculation that it can start rolling out by Monday. So now, as of now, we have two vaccines, two different companies. Um, Moderna, Moderna did have a couple, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say negative um, reactions to uh, the, the way the people that reacted that did get the vaccine. Um, there was like people who were saying that they got chills, maybe like a, a heavy headache and stuff like that. But to me, at uh, I mean, I haven't taken it. Uh, and if it is offered to me, I will take it. Um, I, I don't see really a see it as a huge negative, but I think it's just part of, you know, how the body's going to react. Sometimes it, it's just fighting it. Um, and um, I mean, I'm definitely no expert in this at all. Uh, nowhere near it. But to me, it just sounded like it was a, a natural way to react for the body, you know, when, when you're getting a vaccine. So definitely nothing concerning or alarming. But if you guys are investing into these two companies, um, you guys have seen the stock price kind of fluctuate all week because there was positive notes that the FDA was going to approve it. And then there was those negative side effects that people were were reporting. And then it bumped up again in the price when uh, the FDA talks were coming in again. So it's been it's been fluctuating, but it's staying pretty steadily in terms of prices. Um, my personal opinion, definitely. Um, you know, take it with a grain of salt, definitely do your own research. I I like my chances better in terms of investing in uh, Moderna rather than Pfizer. The reason being is that Pfizer is already a more established company. Um, there's talks that they kind of put a lot of their other projects in the back burners, um, stopping those and then that the COVID-19 vaccine is really their sort of their main driving uh, force for, for revenue in 2020. But, you know, there's also the, I would say the ethics side of it. You don't, you don't want to overcharge. You don't want to be that company that, you know, blows up the price and, and really just wants to get money out of it because it's something that has affected the world entirely. And you don't, and like, it's just very negative connotation and very uh, negative uh, PR. And I mean, it's, it's just the way that a company is going to look at it. Um, so I, I know that they're trying to make it as cheap as possible. But I mean, it also at the end of the day, it, it is a, you know, pharma company. And we already know the, sort of the the connotation that they already have around them <clears throat> in terms of being uh, really money hungry and, uh, and, and trying to <laughs> squeeze as much money as possible. But uh, the reason we, why Moderna looks a lot better for me, it's because it's the very first, I would say, big, big project. You know, it's uh, so everything that they are creating in terms of revenue, they're kind of putting everything, all their eggs in one basket at the very beginning. And it's very positive for them to, to have this outlook. I mean, to to come in and have a, a it went a little bit below the 95 percent uh, threshold now after, uh, you know, the, the initial people who who were reporting those negative side effects i think it's around the 94 percent or 93 percent uh tile of uh of uh people kind of having that immunity or getting cured from covid uh but at the end of the day i mean to 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 be able to create a vaccine relatively quickly i mean this is probably the most expedient 
um, I would say from start to, to, to ending uh, or to, from starting to where we are now in terms of creating a vaccine for, a pers for, for something like this uh, or just in general, it's really fast. So it's very positive for them. And even after COVID-19, I mean, <laughs> hopefully there's nothing else like this ever come up again. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really great for them. And it looks, like I said, it looks very positive for them. So my eggs are in that basket. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and, and, and do that as well. But again, please do your research. I'm definitely no expert here uh, that I'm just sort of disclosing in terms of what I'm investing in. Um, something else that I'm investing in that I also talked about a lot uh, has been Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin, if you guys have seen, finally surpassed the $20,000 threshold and went above and beyond and passed $23,000. Um, my, my portfolio is only consistent about maybe 10% of cryptocurrency. Majority is Bitcoin. Um, and the main reason why is because of a podcast that I listened to which uh, let me go ahead and pull up the name. Um, if you guys are interested in learning about Bitcoin, I'd rather you guys go listen to them. Their episodes are a little bit lengthier where it's it's about an hour or so, I, you know, just relatively sort of like mine. Um, but I, I, I would definitely I'd suggest to go with, uh, you know, go listen to this podcast, which is We Study Billionaires, the investor podcast. Um, they have a couple, they just started their series on Bitcoin. One of their co-hosts is really has been in the game of Bitcoin, I believe, since 2012 or 2013. So he's been in it for quite some time. And they just bring in experts that have either have been in the game from the very beginning, have some sort of engineering background or have some sort of crypto background, um, investment background and everything. So they, they overall, it's, it's, it's a really great podcast. They kind of the very first episode is really what got me into Bitcoin, which sort of explained what a what a currency is meant to be and what it's meant to do and what it's meant to represent and um they kind of like blew my mind to to sort of straight up say that the US dollar no longer no longer represents what a, uh, an actual currency is supposed to be no no real currency really out there uh really represents that anymore um i mean if you guys know our our dollar used to be backed up by gold and gold, and they go into the history as to why gold was chosen as sort of that, that, that currency that was set on a pedestal and everyone was supposed to follow it. But I mean, it's mid, it's been many, many, many years already of us not really going under the gold standard. Um, so I highly, highly recommend it. Again, it's called We Study Billionaires, the Investors Podcast. I think they have about three episodes now on Bitcoin. Um, I recommend the other episodes as well. I mean, they, they, they talk about a whole lot of other stuff and it's really fascinating. They talk with real estate investors as well. If you guys want to get into that, um, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, so I, I, like I said, I'd rather go have you guys listen to that and sort of understand a little bit more of Bitcoin, um, and sort of transitioning into more with cryptocurrency uh, Coinbase, which is almost sort of, I would say, the Robin Hood of all cryptocurrencies, um, is planning on going public. Um, this is going to be very interesting because there is talks and speculations that there is a probability that people will be able to invest in this ICO or um, IPO, I would say, actually, um, 
which ICO is initial coin offering. Uh, it's sort of the same thing, you know, let's say if Bitcoin was a thing, was not a thing and it's starting to become a thing and it wanted to go public, it would be called an ICO. Uh, so the uh, Coinbase uh, is, is planning to go public and they, there's speculations that maybe the SEC, uh, which is the regulator for, for all of these, uh, ex, you know, securities and stuff like that, uh, will actually allow people to invest into the IPO through uh, cryptocurrency instead of like the US dollar or some sort of um, fiscal money, uh, which would be really, really, really interesting. Um, and then uh, fr from there, uh, it's sort of going into another uh, application that a lot of people use for investing, which is Robinhood. I feel like a, a lot of people uh, sort of my age, you know, for, from the early 20s to maybe even early 30s, uh, use Robinhood as their brokerage account, not not like, an ish, not like a, a fancy one, almost like Fidelity or Charles Schwab or anything like that, uh, is actually getting sued. Uh, they, they just paid a couple million dollars in fines um, because... There were some issues, I believe, from it was from 2013 to 2018 or 2015 to 2018. Um, there were some issues that they were not disclosing their full information about how they were making money. Um, and the way that they basically make money um, and the reason why we, whoever does use Robinhood, um, I said we because I use Robinhood and I just assume that people use it. But um, the, the, the people that do use Robinhood, the reason why we are able to do um, free, free, uh, investing, you know, selling of, of, of stocks and everything is because of the, the way that they, they work around the money in the background. Um, they go through other different, uh, brokerages and they pay them a portion, um, to sort of execute the order. And then that's how the money is, it's made. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, but that's sort of the general scope of it. They didn't disclose that correctly. Also, uh, something that's part of Robinhood is that you are able to do options, um, which tends to be a little bit more, more complicated. You know, you have the, the calls and the puts there. Um, just really quickly, what, what that means, like calls is you see the price going up and, and you want to put an order in to, to make sure that you get the, a certain amount of stocks. It, it's sort of called a contract. Um, and, and, and then you, you know, you put your call in and then the, uh, it gets executed. You can make some money from there or you could put a put. Um, if you think that the stock price is going to go down, but those tend to be a lot more complicated to understand rather than just people buying the, uh, just the individual stock. Um, and they, I, uh, they, there's, you, there used to be not like regulations, but almost what would I what would you call it um they they would say that you have to be a sophisticated investor to be able to do something like that which basically means you either had a certain amount of money or you should be or you should be able to understand them um thoroughly and Robinhood really didn't make do a thorough job of making sure that you knew what you were getting into I would say still even to this day I have been approved on Robinhood to to do options I haven't done it myself just for the fact that I don't feel like I know enough information to be able to do it and I don't want to spend my money stupidly. Um, but I, it, it just basically kind of, you know, the way that it worked for me, it was, I, I believe, after a certain amount of time. And then I don't know if it was because of the money that I have in the account, 
but it appeared to me that I was I was eligible to be able to do options. Went through the process, read a couple of different, you know, paragraphs, um, or quote unquote read. <laughs> I, I read it. I read to a certain point, and then I was like, all right, this is just all legal uh, jargon. I kind of know a little bit enough about it, um, and I'm not gonna do anything stupid about it. But apparently, not everybody thinks the same way. Um, Robinhood got sued for a couple million dollars. Uh, Massachusetts, it's also planning on uh, uh, suing them as well. Uh, I didn't know that the state of Massachusetts had almost like a mini SEC um, sector to them. So the, uh, there could be two two different lawsuits right now. So they they definitely already paid. I think it was sixty eight million dollars, um, which it's a lot of money, uh, especially when you think that, at, I mean, Robinhood, I would still say it's almost like a startup thing. It's definitely very well funded by the people um, who are backing it, but still to, to just let go of $68 million, you know, you're doing free trading, so you're not really making the money um, right off the bat just by uh, just by charging people doing the trades. And trading has gone up drastically, especially this year. I, I mean, Everyone, um, including myself, we're called the re uh, the retail investors, and all of us have kind of we've been blamed to fluff up the the, the stock market. <laughs> to put it in uh, layman terms, uh, just the amount of people that have been very bullish in, in different stocks, like for example Tesla, um, Neo, or any or even Plug. You know, a lot of those like electronic and uh, sort of. Uh, stuff that helps out the earth a lot of those companies have been really fluffed up and and tech companies uh by retail investors as well i mean definitely we're not to blame completely because i'm sure we only take a certain portion portion of market share compared to financial institutions who have millions of dollars to, to spend unless you are that individual i'm really surprised you're using robin hood <laughs> uh to, to to do something like that but um yeah it's, it, it's interesting to see be very interesting where it goes from here for for Robinhood. Hopefully, it doesn't set them back. Um, just because I personally use them, and I wouldn't want anything sort of bad to go with that. Um, but speaking of uh, people getting sued, uh, we have two big companies that have been in the public eye for quite some time, especially in 2020, uh, with the government and uh, anti-competitiveness, uh, which is Facebook and Google. I mean, if you if you didn't think of these two companies automatically, the moment I said anti-competitiveness, um, definitely almost like living under a rock. Uh, and so sort of what happened is uh, Facebook is getting sued now, uh, possibly to, to be split up between Instagram, WhatsApp, um, and Facebook. Um, the reason for that is because since they are all under the the parent company facebook they all share the same books and they're able to use that same cash flow um to to invest and purchase and acquire other companies um and i mean it's it's very it's very difficult when when you think about um smaller companies that that are creating something and you're trying to make it in the market and you're up uh, competing against a company that has a, a market cap of billions of dollars and this includes google as well uh with their parent company alphabet um, it makes it very difficult for you to to really take care of uh, you know grasp a bigger market share most likely you are probably going to get acquired by someone else um and that's really the only way 
you know, to keep your company going, you could bootstrap it and try to get as many uh, people. But in reality, I mean, if you're making something that's directly competing with these two companies, it's very hard to, to, to really even get it out there because uh, sort of to get into it a little bit with why Google is getting sued um, is part of their Google search. Um, they, they, they say that they have anti-competitiveness um, in terms of their Google search. Uh, one example would be they, they say that they really push their own, um, their own products first. So for example, let's say you're looking up a Bluetooth speaker. Well, I mean, Google has Google Home and a bunch of other different um, things that, that they've partnered up with, like, for example, Nest um, for security purposes and, uh, uh, you know, all those little gadgets and widgets that you can have in your kitchen that give you the weather and let you watch Netflix and they're all voice activated and everything like that um, just makes it very difficult to truly compete with something like that. Um, the other thing um, that kind of goes hand in hand with the Google search um, I'm sure if, uh, whoever does have own an iPhone and you do use Safari as your sort of def uh, default browser, you know that Google is your default uh, search engine and they pay, I mean, millions of dollars. I don't know exact the exact number, but it's definitely millions of dollars because it's a whole lot of users that you're paying to have it, um, have it there. I also touched based on this um, on a previous podcast for it that Apple is... Um, sort of speculated to create their their own search engine and i can see why i mean uh, especially with with google having such a huge market share i mean who the hell uses bing <laughs> I, let's just be honest who really uses bing to search anything up uh, i know back in the day yahoo used to uh, uh allow people to, to to search stuff but then they probably realized on, at a very early stage later on that they're not going to be able to beat Google at all. Um, so, you know, they went a little bit more in terms of finance and news and they have taken care of that segment. And that's probably why Yahoo's still around. In all honesty, if they probably really tried to allocate a whole lot of capital to compete against Google, Yahoo would might not even be a thing anymore. Um, I'm surprised Bing is a thing. And it, it's definitely probably just from the backing of Microsoft as to why it is a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, both of these companies are are getting sued um another thing that kind of goes with hand in hand with anti-competitiveness and uh facebook since they're no longer really al allowed or it makes it really murky water to try to acquire other companies they go with the other thing of you know copying those companies it's almost like <laughs> in high school or in middle school or, or if you ever did this at all i mean to, to begin with where it's like you give your friend the homework is like, hey, don't make it seem like it's right. You know, <laughs> the exact same answers. Just change a couple of things, uh, you know, with the Instagram stories. Um, what's another one that, that they did? Um, they are copying Cameo now, which if you guys don't know what Cameo is, it's a company that allows uh, celebrities to make special appearances for a short period of time virtually for people. Um, if you guys uh, have watched The Office, the actor who plays Kevin is one of the top earners in the in in, in through cameo he definitely made over a million dollars um in that so they're they're doing that now um i believe they are rolling out a, a sort of a a copy of a zoom as well um and a microsoft work thing that they have internally like a microsoft teams thing so they they're definitely just trying to copy and paste a whole lot of stuff um and 
trying to add their own spin to it. The bad thing about it, I, I would say that, you know, after after seeing these companies um, sort of go through their own processes and uh, and understand what works and what doesn't work and what, sort of what the market wants, sometimes they just tend to be a little bit better than the other ones. I, I mean, I would say probably like Instagram stories is probably one of the, it's, it's definitely popular uh, to me. I personally, I don't think it ever truly replaced Snapchat. I mean, there's a reason why it's still around and it's still a thing. Um, but they, they definitely create a uh, a copy and paste uh, a good enough product to the point where they are popular enough and it does grab users. And then just having already the base users that do use Facebook makes it so much better um, for them. So very interested to see how it goes. If they do get split up, um, very interested to see who does try to acquire Instagram, if anybody does, um, and then see who who tries to acquire um, a WhatsApp um, a, as well. There's talks that there's a possibility that Instagram will spin off to its own uh, company and will acquire TikTok because, uh, like I said, Instagram and Snapchat are almost like direct competitors, but not but not at the same time. Um, I, I would say each one gets used for for separate things. You know, Snapchat tends to be that shorter story, while Instagram you try to make almost like a yearbook style. Your life is perfect. Your life is perfect type of type of story. Um, so we're very interested to see how it goes with that. And then, uh, for my last story here, I have the, the stimulus check. I mean, we've all been waiting for one for quite some time. Uh, many economists and, uh, people who are in finance and people who are, uh, way more accredited to talk about this than, than me have, have talked about how, uh, they really think that a stimulus check should have been a part of the economy for quite some time and a really uh from far back uh but now the government keeps saying uh that there's going to be a government shutdown it just got extended i believe till sunday at midnight uh to really hammer things out there's there's certain talks that they're not meeting eye to eye um that the uh, democratic party wants another 1200 a stimulus check while the uh gop only wants a six hundred dollar uh, stimulus check. Uh, there's also talks about corporate bailouts. Um, you know that that was a huge issue. Also with the PPP loans as well for small businesses. That was also a really huge issue. You know that a whole lot of uh, big corporations apply for a PPP loan, and then um, some of those companies were told to give that money back. But a lot of those companies, I mean, from through one way or another, were able to keep that money. Um, and who knows what they did with it? Uh, you know, there's also already studies that have shown that a lot of the the upper echelon of, of people have gotten richer, the poor have gotten poorer. So you know, everything. Uh, excuse my French, but everything has gone to shit, uh, and it just ke- keeps getting worse. Um, it's also probably going to be December is also uh, it's speculated to be. Uh, a, a year that where the economy actually contracts a, a little bit more than 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 before. Uh, we haven't done great, but we also haven't done terrible the past couple months. Um, so who knows exactly how it's gonna work out? I mean, it's Christmas time, so that there there could also always be that that additional spending that maybe people do. But uh, I also talked about it in a prior podcast about this, where a lot of people did start their Christmas shopping early in October and November, which is probably the reason why those two months weren't as bad as it's speculated to be in December. Um, 
unemployment uh, numbers have hit record highs, I think, every single week. I think right now we're over 844,000 people. Um, so it, it, it's really bad. Um, I really do hope that there's a stimulus check uh, that, that does come out. I definitely think it's needed. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see kind of what, what happens with this. I really do hope that the economy does rebound, especially after the the vaccine and then just sort of wanted to touch base uh to to close this episode out in terms of what i have planned coming up this week um i have a video planned out that i i, I want to do in terms of how to budget for 2021 um not specifically i would say for just th- that year but i would say in general um what i personally did uh, definitely not gonna not going to work for everyone but it just sort of give out ideas of what i've learned through my own experience and sort of what I've learned through through hearing podcasts and uh, you know reading blogs and stuff like that, watching different videos of uh, other people that also give financial advice of how to uh, pay out that pay off that um, you know build your credit and uh, really work on you know on, on your financial freedom because I I say that that's one of the biggest things that really does help out and it it brings so much peace um, and I mean for most people, you know, middle, middle income class and low income class, first things first, uh, you know, that people should be worrying about is always just having some sort of financial freedom. And if it's not complete freedom, I mean, definitely paying off that as much as possible. Um, so definitely looking out for that. Uh, I, I, I probably planning on dropping it like Friday, which is I, I know it's uh, Christmas, but you know, a lot of people are having a couple of days off. So Hopefully, uh, people get to watch it and uh, get ready for the New Year's. Um, I also plan on uh, dropping a video uh, for travel. I know it's almost counterintuitive uh, for the fact that COVID is it's probably at, at an all-time high right now. But uh, hopefully, with, vac- with the vaccine and everything kind of tends to go a little bit more back to normal in the spring and the summer, uh, the, the plan for the travel one is uh, sort of the best places to go to get the best bang for your buck, uh, whether it's within the United States and also outside travel from the United States if we are <laughs> banned or not. Uh, I'm going to try to choose countries that we're not banned uh, because um, with, you know, foreign exchange and how the dollar is working out and everything like that, there's places where you could probably really stretch out the dollar and get the most out of it. So I'm going to try to do as much research for that. Um, for the, for that video for travel, thank you so much to my friend Bree. She reached out to me. Um, she gave me this great idea. And I'm like, man, I, th- I think that would be awesome. And I hope you guys like it. Um, let me know if you guys do want more videos like that. Like I said, 2021, um, I definitely don't want to make any more excuses. I want to drop episodes and videos every single week. Um, and, and really provided really great content for you guys. Thank you guys for listening, uh, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.